Welcome to Life Unedited. This is your lifestyle guide to living a life that aligns solely with you. I am your host, Tabitha Sweeney, a coach and inspirational speaker who is all about authenticity, friendly sass, and helping you unlock your best self. Welcome back, you guys. I'm so happy you're here. All right. I have so much to talk about today. I'm so excited. I'm trying to decide where to start. I want to tell you about my healing that happened last week. And then I have some other things in the back of my mind that I may or may not talk about later. Let's find out. Let's just, you know what? Let's just jump in and let's just see where it goes, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. That that sounds about how I do things. So here we go. Last week, I had told you about the summer solstice event that Jill and I were hosting. And we were hosting it down at the beach for a group of women. It was like our monthly women's circle, but it was on steroids, right? So typically our monthly women's circle is about 90 minutes. And we do like a quick little exercise. It's inside the studio. It is intimate. It's amazing. The experience is incredible, but we wanted to do something bigger for the solstice. And last week I talked a lot about like, what are your intentions? What are you releasing? What are you calling in? Really getting very crystal clear about that and how the solstice like is the time to do that. And I told you what I was releasing and I told you what I was calling in. Okay, so last Tuesday, we sat down and with the most magnificent, incredible group of women who, man, you think you have your tribe until you actually find your tribe. And then you're like, where have these people been my entire life, right? So we got there. We spent the first hour or two chatting, getting to know each other, making flower crowns. I got flowers braided into my hair. I was doing a few intuitive readings. Um, it was actually like my last practice round of intuitive, intuitive readings and playing with my cards that I was doing. Then we all headed down to the beach we took some photos. We took photos as a group. We took photos as individuals. And then we came back. We came back to the cottage and we gathered in front in a semicircle. And my gorgeous friend, Arlen, who owns a massage studio and spa, along with a salt cave right here in Western New York, graced us with a sound bath. Now, I had never done a sound bath before. Honestly, I am super insanely sensitive to sounds. And truthfully, I wasn't really sure how I was going to feel about it. And I've heard really good things, but I always thought it was a healing method that wasn't for me. Now, by now, you think I would have learned that like whenever I think something is not for me or it will never happen to me or I would never, that I should just eat my words like 
at that moment, but I didn't, and I, I don't, and I didn't, and that's not what happened. So honestly, I went into it like super skeptical, expecting nothing. What I received was bigger than I could ever explain. So I laid down for this sound bath and I'm laying in the grass. I have, of course, you know, I'm only the one who tells everyone what to bring and I didn't bring my own towel and I didn't bring a yoga mat and I didn't bring anything to land. So I'm laying on the grass and I can feel it like on my arms and on my legs. Right. And I was having a hard time concentrating, which maybe that was a good thing, right? Because like I I was having a hard time like zoning in. So I was laying there and it was absolutely beautiful. And once the sound bath concluded, Jill and I started a fire. We all got paper and we wrote down this next season. I am releasing. And I wrote down that I am releasing control. I am releasing the need to know. I am releasing my worries about the future. And then we wrote down this next season, I am calling in. And I started calling in gratitude, abundance, wealth, opportunities to speak to large crowds, invitations to stages, opportunities to travel to speak. I started calling all of this in. I also started calling in additional healing for a friend of mine. And it was absolutely the most beautiful ceremony. We all gathered around the bonfire. It was a gorgeous night, which I think we were all so thankful for because the weather up until that day had been a little bit And one by one, we stood up, we read out what we were releasing, we called in what we were claiming, and we burned those pieces of paper. And I had no idea what was coming. At this point, I felt... Just like I always feel. Really? No different. I felt exactly the same way I always feel, other than the fact I was overcome with gratitude to the point of tears because I was with my people, right? Jill and I went left to go home. It was late. It was probably 10:30, quarter to 11. And we had about a 20-minute drive. We started the drive home, and suddenly I got sort of um anxious. And I I wasn't sure what was going on, but I started getting a little bit anxious. And I felt a shift in energy. And I really didn't know what that meant. 
I talk a lot about these four incredible men who are currently in my life. These four incredible men that I am currently, for lack of better terms, dating. The amount that they have taught me. The way each one of them brings something different to my life. And I care for each and every one of them very deeply. And I care for them in completely different ways. But there is one in particular who has really captured my heart in a very large way, in a way that's different than the others. And our relationship is extremely unique. It's moving incredibly slow. And it's far different than anything I've ever experienced. I don't have all the words. And I don't, I don't talk a lot about, about it a lot here because it's extremely sacred to me. There's just something different. Needless to say, there, there was a, a shift in energy. And part of our relationship is this very deep knowing. A lot of our relationship is confirmed through actions, but not spoken about. So he has taught me patience. He has taught me to roll back in my need for self-assurance or reassurance. He has taught me what it looks like when the actions constantly show up, even when the words aren't there to support it. It's, it's a very, guys, it's bizarre. Like, and that's all I can, it's bizarre, but it's good. It's amazing. So I felt the energy shift. And I reached out and I just said, hey, I just, I feel the energy shift. I just wanted to reach out, make sure you're okay. You know, if you want to talk about anything, I'm here. If I did something, let me know. Because oftentimes this happens to me and oftentimes I feel that shift. I take it personal, but what I've learned is it's not personal. Got home, I went to bed, was exhausted, like beyond exhausted. I slept so good. And I got up Wednesday morning. No lie, the universe said, hey, bitch, let me call your bluff. Last night, You said you want to release control. You want to release the need to know. You want to release your worries about the future. Let's see how serious you were about all of that. And I woke up and my mind started going 150,000 miles an hour. And then, and this is, oh my God, you guys, this is like so 17. Like I, like I was a 17 year old girl. Okay. 
maybe younger, maybe like 14. I don't know. But it was, it was definitely like middle school, high school, um, you know, like check yes or no type thing we had going on here because I got up early and I am talking with a good friend and I'm on Snapchat and I realized that the red heart next to his name is gone. My heart moved to someone else. And I was like, okay. So of course I jump into like, well, he's clearly, he's talking to someone else, right? Like I, I clearly, I am not the reason for this. Just so we're clear. Okay. But in my head, I'm telling myself it's, it doesn't mean anything. You know, it, it doesn't mean you're gone. It doesn't mean, and mind you, I think I should preface this by saying I was going to see him this, that, that coming weekend. So like, this is on the, this is the precursor to us actually getting together for the weekend, which is always strange when the energy shifts, right? Like you go from this fantastic energy to this like, eh, and you're like, well, are we still getting together? Like what's going on? Are you talking? Like what? trying to figure it out. So what happens next is I'm trying to talk my way through things and I'm trying to process things. And I looked and then I was like, he read my last message from last night, hours ago, but he didn't react to it. That is very uncharacteristic. So again, my brain is playing tricks on me, right? And I'm walking to work and I'm listening to my music and it is not even 6 a.m. And all of a sudden, Cole Swindell, Break Up in the End comes on. And I could feel the tears coming. And the next thing I know, they are streaming down my face. And I am sobbing. Like I am not tearing up. I am sobbing, like hysterically, uncontrollably sobbing. And I stop and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Right? Because these feelings I'm having right now have nothing to do. This song, these feelings, all of this, I knew it did not have anything to do with the missing heart on Snapchat or the fact that he didn't reply to my last message. In all honesty, it had nothing to do with him at all. Nothing to do with him. And I knew that. Instantly, I knew that. And I text my best friend of 35 years. And I said, Jen, bawling my eyes out right now over Jay. And her exact words back to me were, what the actual F are you crying over him for? And at that moment, when I had to actually think about how to reply 
And I actually had to actually stop and think, what the actual F am I crying over him for? I cried harder. And then all of a sudden, it was like the clouds parted and I could see the light. And I realized what was happening. And I realized this was a chain reaction from the healing circle the night before, coupled with the universe saying, hey, bitch, let me call your bluff. You want to go to the next level? Let's fucking go. And just like that, I knew what it was about, okay? I was crying because I realized that I was carrying something for the past 20 years that I wasn't even admitting to carrying. Fuck. So we're going to go back in time now. We're going to go back 20 some years ago. We're going to go back to the very first school dance that I ever attended. When this lanky, awkward boy with huge Jankos and long hair parted in the middle, right? And it was like long on top, but shaved underneath. And like, it came down like just to his ears with that skater haircut that everybody in the nineties had, right? When he walked up to me and asked me to dance and I said, no, (laughs) nope, I'm not going to dance. And at some point, if I remember correctly, and I don't remember how this all exactly played out, and I can't even grasp how it all played out because, you know, going back then, we didn't have cell phones. Like, it wasn't like, oh, well, I'll just shoot her a text later. And he went to an all-boys school. Like, he was not in school with me, so he was not a classmate. I don't know how or what happened really next. I remember by the end of the night, my girlfriend finally convinced me just to dance with him. I think, like... She like made me feel bad. Like, you know, just, just dance with him once. Like, don't come on. He hasn't danced with anybody, please. And I'm like, fine. Like, you know, little middle school me. And I don't know if I gave him my phone number, if somebody else gave him my phone number. I have, I don't know if we didn't talk again till the next dance. I have no idea how things transpired. But I knew at that moment, my life had forever changed because there was now this lanky, amazing boy in my life who had become my best friend. We talked almost every day. But it was never in a relationship capacity. It was never as a boyfriend and girlfriend. It was never we... we, never kissed or made out or did any, we never held hands, nothing like that. It was just like this incredible friendship that was unlike any other friendship I'd ever had up till that point in my life. And 
like any relationship, our relationship progressed. And I remember at one point getting off the phone with him and him saying to me, pizza love. And I'm like, I, and I remember, like, I can still remember the conversation of saying, I don't know what pizza love is. And him saying, well, like, I love you. Like, I love you like pizza. Like, everybody loves pizza. Pizza's so good. But, like, you can only eat pizza so many days in a row before you need a break. And, like, you got to put it back in the fridge. And then you go for a few days and you don't eat any pizza. And then one day you open the fridge and you're so happy that that pizza's still there, right? Like, because you still love it. And I, I still remember that conversation like like it was yesterday. He was the only boy who was allowed over if my parents weren't home. My parents knew him and trusted him. He became another member of the family. My mom will still make jokes about the fact that like she would hear Jay's coming over and like she just got home from grocery shopping and was like grabbing food and like hiding it because she's like, Jay's on his way. He's going to eat everything, right? Because that's what 15-year-old boys boys do. And the relationship progressed and progressed. He was with me through every relationship I had ever had. I was with him through every relationship he had had. When it came time to go to school, I went to Niagara and he went to Fredonia. We were an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes apart. But he was still my other half. We always talked about being the other's best person at the wedding, right? And it was very much, if you think about it, it was very much my best friend's wedding. Which, P.S., I remember when that movie came out and I remember being horrified that Julia Roberts and Patrick Dempsey didn't get together. Because in my version, we always ended together. We would always end up together. And at that point, I think I, I knew that. I always knew I wanted to get married. That was that was never a question for me. Starting a family, children, career, all of that was a give or take. But getting married and having a partner for life that I was going to do life with, I always wanted that. And that was something he didn't want. And he was always very clear about that. And I remember one night in college, we went out and we went back to his, his apartment off campus and one thing led to another and we ended up sleeping together and it was magical and it was amazing and it was incredible but he had already told me he didn't want a relationship and I remember being so upset or hurt inside because I just knew 
And I remember him looking at me saying to me, Tab, can't date you because you're the girl someone marries. And I don't ever want to get married. And I just remember standing there and smiling and saying, okay, I understand. It's okay, dude. It's fine. Big, brave smile on the outside, right? Like, no big deal, dude. No big deal. Inside, I was dying. I was crushed. I was devastated. And as time went on, he started dating someone, and I couldn't handle him dating someone. Especially because he told me he couldn't date me. I really, like, I had a really hard time with that. And we sort of drifted at that point. We sort of started pulling apart. And it was fine. We finished school. I moved to Florida. Everything was fine. And then in 2007, it was 4th of July weekend, my dad had a heart attack. And I flew home. And I don't remember if I had texted him, if somebody had told him. He knew my dad had a heart attack. We reconnected, you know, via text message. And I remember him saying to me, just don't get on the plane to go back until I come see you. I need to see you. And I remember him coming over. And I remember sitting on the couch and being up all night. I remember getting on the plane the next day and not even going to sleep. And nothing had happened. There was, again, there was no physical contact at all. It was just talking and reconnecting. I think we laid up, I think we laid on the couch together and he held me, but that was like par for the course. That was like normal, right? I think we talked about how much we loved each other. And I went back to Florida convinced he was the one. Again, he was the one. A couple of weeks later, my, my lease was coming due. My roommate had decided she was moving back to Indianapolis. I was looking at other apartments. The one apartment I was looking at was like $3,000 a month. I was going in to sign the lease when I finally realized like, what the fuck? fuck, if I'm going to spend this much money, then I might as well do that someplace I really want to be, right? Which is not in Florida. And so I decided I was going to come home for just a couple weeks, a couple months max, get a little bit of money together. And I was going to go to New York City. That was the plan. That was in 2007. I'm still here. <laughs> so that didn't work. But I... Moved back home and I reconnected again. Hey, I'm home. And for the next two years, things were great. Things were fine. I still thought he was going to be mine, but I was, I was becoming to a point where it was okay if we didn't get married. It was okay if we didn't get married. I just, I needed the commitment right? I needed the ring, but we don't ever actually need to get married. 
And I really still thought that that's what was going to happen. And then again, one night we slept together. And at that point, I don't remember what he said to me. But I knew he still wasn't ready. And I knew that what I wanted out of life was different than what I was going to get staying in this stagnant relationship. So it was time for me to up and leave. So one day I, I blocked everything. I blocked phone numbers. I unfriended. I, I just went through and I just ghosted everyone in that group, especially him. And the biggest reason was, and for a long time, I said it was because where their lives were going wasn't where I wanted my life to go. And I said, it's because I wanted to meet somebody and I was never going to meet somebody as long as I was with them. And that I, and I said all of these things, all of which were true. They were all true. But the real true reason that I needed to up, leave, and ghost was because I couldn't hold on to him anymore. And so long as he was anywhere in the picture, I wasn't open to anything else. And I needed to be open to other things. I didn't have the skills at that moment to have the conversation. I didn't have the maturity to even really know what was going on yet. I just knew for my own self-preservation, I needed to walk away. So that's what I did. I walked away and I did not do it. I am not proud of the way I did it. I literally just ghosted everyone. That was it. That was in 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. And just like that, they were gone. 2012, 2011, I met my ex-husband. 2012, we got married. Almost just shy of two years. On my wedding day, this is something I've never said out loud until last week after my healing session. On my wedding day, I still was holding out hope that as I was standing in the front of the church, the doors would open and Jay would say, don't do it. But that didn't happen. And here's the thing. Before I ghosted, I never told him how I felt. I never said a word. I never even gave him the chance. I never gave him the chance or the opportunity to say that he didn't want me or he didn't want a relationship. I just took what I was assuming to be true and I up and walked away. And wow, I never told him how I felt. I never told him how safe I I felt with him. Never told him how much I loved him. I never told him what he really meant to me. I never thanked him for just being there, 
for just loving me. Last week, on my way to work, as I was bawling my eyes out, I realized that I was finally letting go. I was finally letting go of the man who had held my heart for over 20 years. He had held my heart from that first school dance together. From the very first moment I told him, nope, I won't dance with you. He had me. And from that moment on, all I wanted was for him to still want me, but I never told him that. And I was finally letting go of all of the excuses, all of the things, all of the reasons I tried to fool myself of why I walked away when the only thing I wanted was him. And what I realized in that moment was I had never mourned him. I had never grieved. I never processed any of it. I just shoved it down tied it up and stuck it away. And there was something in that sound bath and something in those intentions that finally set it free. I also realized at that moment, I've never truly been available to anybody I've been involved with because he has always held my heart. And I have always been waiting for him to save me. I've always been waiting for him to come back to me, even though he was never mine. So all day I bawled my eyes out. I called my energy coach. We had this amazing session. He did these amazing visualizations with me. And all of a sudden, the realization came to me that as long, that with, without this healing, without me finally Truly letting go. There was no room for anyone else to actually come in. Whew. Shit. So as I sat here, I had all of these feelings and all of these emotions. And they were really big. I had panic attacks most of that day. I had an emotional hangover that physically hurt. I went home. I think I was sleeping by 8 o'clock. I got home and my mom asked me what was wrong. And as I started telling her, and for the first time ever, I told her how I felt about Jay, my mom started bawling because, I mean, she never knew. There was two people who knew how I felt about him. One was my best friend from the time we were five. The other was my maid of honor, my wedding. I don't know if I actually ever admitted it to either of them. They just knew. I got up Thursday morning and I felt brand new. Felt completely brand new. But... I was having a really hard time because you see that healing was so powerful. And then the universe said, let me challenge 
what you want to release. Let me see if you're really ready to release this because you cannot go to the next level until you master these skills. And I'm going to test you. And what is mind-blowing in all of this and the way this whole thing came together is one great big circle is the man I was going to meet that coming weekend is the only person in 20-some years who has ever come close to making me feel the safety and the trustworthiness that Jay had made me feel. He is the only person I have who has ever, who I, I could actually say in question, like, hmm, I think he means as much to me as, as Jay did. But I wasn't sure. And it was ironic because I was going to see him that weekend. And with Jay, my entire life, everything I did with Jay was this like deep-seated knowing. Like there, things were unspoken. It was this deep-seated knowing. And really, that's how things are with this man. And we had the plans and I am an over-communicator. And a lot of that is for my own selfish reasons. I need reassurance. I need reassurance over and over again in the stupidest of ways. And I knew I had to change that behavior. That was part of letting go of the control, right? Giving up the worry and the need to know. So I sent one message that was just confirming. Before I book the hotel, I want to confirm. I got a message back that said, yes, my dear, I will be there. Okay. And I made myself a bet at that moment. I was going to let it happen. However, it happened. And I wasn't going to ask again. And I wasn't going to seek reassurance. And I wasn't going to go after any of those things. And what happened was the next day, he ended up being a half an hour late. I sat there in complete peace, knowing everything was okay. And as we spent the time together that weekend, that night, because we were only together, we only had like 12 hours together because that's how our schedule seemed to go lately. It was the most incredible time we've had together That really had nothing to do with the physical side of things. We talked about us. We talked about me. We talked about, we opened doors we haven't opened. We laughed in a way that I don't typically laugh with people because it was so safe. It's very strange, even talking about this right now. It's very, very strange because I don't talk a lot about him. It's a piece of me that for this time and this moment, I keep 
very private except for with my most trusted friends in real life, my most trusted, my IRL friends, right? Um, But I felt like it was so important to talk about right now because it coincided with the healing. It coincided with the universe having my back. It coincided with the fact that I never before healed this trauma in part because it was keeping me safe. It wasn't time to heal it. I needed that hope and that reminder that there are people out there who who treated me better and believed in me greater and loved me more than the situations I had found myself in over the years. But then suddenly when the time was right, all of those layers peeled away. And it was time to release that trauma. It was time to release that pain. And for the first time in 20 years, I drove through Fredonia and only thought of happy memories. Just happy. Just dancing at Sunny's and doing all the things, right? I didn't have that bittersweet, happy, sad pain that usually coincided with any memories from those times. I remember suddenly memories of he came with my family to Chicago for a wedding. Um, And I remember those memories. I remember memories of being in the backyard playing baseball. I remember it's like this flood of memories of happy memories came back because I released the pain. And I credit the ability to release that pain with the sound bath and the intentions and the universe all coming together simultaneously. That was by far one of the most transformational healing sessions I have ever had. I don't know what's coming in the future. I don't know what the future for me and this man looks like. But what I do know is the things he has brought to my life and the way he has changed me as a human is exponential. And now my next version owes him a lot of thank you because he was a big part of it. He doesn't even realize how big of a part he has played, the things he has taught me, the things he has showed me, the way he has pushed me to grow. It's been an absolute beautiful thing. So if he, I, I want to be very clear about one one more thing. This is a, I didn't know I needed to release this. I had no idea. And I can guarantee there is something in your life that you know or you don't know that you need to release. If you've never tried an alternative, holistic healing, 
please try one. There are so many different kinds. There are breathwork seminars. There is sound and vibration. There is different clinical therapy types. There is bodywork types where they, you know, um, myofascial release. They find those spots and they hold them. They find where your body is actually holding that pain. The time to release it is now. The time to try is now. There is so much good that can come. Because once you release it, you can become whole. The reason I constantly needed so much reassurance was because I was holding on to the pain from me never speaking up. Here's the most important lesson I got out of all of this. When I was talking with my energy coach and I said to him and he kind of was like, how many years ago was this that, you know, like in his, in his, um, sassy, we'll say in his sassy voice, like, yeah, you're crying over somebody from, you know, 20 years ago. Like, and I was like, no, don't, no, you don't understand. This is the man I cried about because I really thought he was going to come and open the church doors on my wedding day and tell me not to do it. And he didn't. And that's when he was like, oh, that's when I learned two things. I learned one, I never actually belonged to my husband. And I used the term belong like in a, in a sense of love, not in like a transactional sense, right? I was never fully available for him. Two, I was never available for anyone. I needed that amount of reassurance because of the pain I was holding on to. It was amazing how when I let that pain go, I didn't need the same reassurance. And at that point, that's when my my energy coach said to me, but Jay was never your person. I was like, no, he was. And he's like, no, he wasn't. And he took me through this huge visualization. And in that visualization, I visualized our wedding and I visualized our life and I visualized all these things. But there was this major hole, this mass emptiness. I had no purpose. I had no purpose. Because my life went according to plan. It was happy, but it was filled with materialistic things. It was happy, but it was filled with exactly what we created. And I had no obstacles and I had no challenges and I had nothing to overcome. And that is why he was never my person. Because with him, I don't change the world. I don't leave an imprint. 
I just go through it happy. My purpose has always been to change the world. I was always meant to go through the hell that I went through. Because that's where my story came from. I also believe that I'm meant to experience love on the level that I have not yet experienced it. And I believe it's coming. This was a really long episode, you guys. And, you know, it was a little bit more serious than a lot of them. But I also feel like it was a really important story to tell. It's really important to remind each other how hard healing is, how ugly healing is, how much healing fucking sucks. And how no matter where you fall on the spectrum, there's always more work to do. Always. But it's so fucking worth it. Take some time today and think about what you need to release. What do you need to let go of? What do you need to heal from? I'd like to take that one step further by saying the thing you really need to heal from is the thing that you you are almost throwing up at the thought of saying. It's the thing you don't readily share with people. It's the thing maybe you've never told anyone before. There is some sort of shame, guilt, or embarrassment that's attached to it. Let it out. Pain multiplies in the dark. The best painkiller is light. That's why I'm telling this story. Because for 20 years, I never told a soul how much I loved Jay. Like deeply, deeply loved him. I loved him so much. I never told him how much I loved him because he didn't want to get married. So I didn't even let him know that I was available. Nope. I just pretended I was fine with all of it. And when I couldn't handle that anymore, I walked away. What do you need to heal from? You're worth healing. Deep breath. Spend some time today. Loving you, because you deserve it.